The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and the world of sport has a crossover this week. Golfing legends Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson will be partnered up with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. So we're going to do a crossover. Let's bring in my crossover counterpart from the Pick 6 Pot, senior NFL writer for CBS Sports. It's Will Brinson. What up, Will? What's going on, guys? Uh, thrilled to be joining you. It is... Um... We are, you know, uh, social, social distancing is very important right now. And there is yeah. no sport better for social distancing than golf. Uh, really, you get exercise, you get outside, you play. Um, I'm just trying to repeat the things I've been telling, trying to tell my wife over and over again <laughs> each day as she denies my, my freedom to go play four hours of golf. I love it. Yeah. Well, we are, uh, we're five wide. So let me bring in the rest of the crew here. The, the first cut team uh, on the horn, we've got Mark Immelman, CBS golf analyst. He walks inside the ropes. Mark, how concerned are you now that Tom Brady is in the same division as your beloved Atlanta Falcons? Uh, you know what? I'm trying to avoid that as much as I can. You know, last night, I think I slept about three hours because I still have that I see blue glare. I, I can see it like it was yesterday um, in that Super Bowl a few years ago when the Falcons were up in a big way and all of a sudden things changed when Brady just decided, okay, it's time to play some football. So uh, there, there have been happier events in sport for me, I'll be, I'll be honest. Will, do you want to put Mark out of his misery right now and just tell him that these Falcons are going to be six and 10 and not to get his hopes up here? Uh, no, that seems like a really <laughs> Thank you, Will. Okay. In May, everybody could be 16 and 0. Uh, I did notice, you know, like the um, that meme that was going around, it's like my plan and then 2020, Colin. Like, yeah. I mean, somebody like Sports Center or somebody did the like a, a shot, uh, uh, like the Falcon scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and then Tom Brady hoisting the trophy. It's like, what? Talk about an unnecessary <laughs> offseason drive by the Atlanta Falcons. Like, you couldn't have picked any other sporting moment. Jeez. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the punching bag is there. always, always there. Uh, all right, let's bring in uh, Greg Ducharme. You might know him from Course Record with Michael Breed, and he is our resident medalist expert. So we're going to dive deep into the course. What's up, Greg? Last time, uh, last time we had Will on, we were deep in the in the middle of the uh, of quarantine, and we, yeah. it, we got so far down the road. We were playing video games, live calling them, and talking about spreadsheet golf. So I feel like we're coming out of hibernation a little bit. I feel like things are kind of looking in the right direction. And this time, happy to be talking about uh, live golf, even if there's a couple a couple quarterbacks involved. My my virtual putting hadn't gotten any better, by the way. <laughs> I, I, like, I like four jacked one on at congressional earlier this morning. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. And finally, uh, Kyle Porter, who you may know, golf writer on CBS Sports. Um, you might know him from just getting top roped by Gary Player on Twitter <laughs> 35 minutes ago. Uh, hey, Kyle, how's it going over there? 
Yeah, speaking of crossover, I think I think uh, Mr. Player just tried to cross me over on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I put out what I thought was just an innocuous stat. I was talking about the 40 win five major club on the PGA Tour. I was doing some fill research today in, in, uh, in light of what's coming up on Sunday. And the names on there are incredible. It's Tiger, Jack Nicholas, Ben Hogan. Uh, obviously, Mr. Player, Mr. Gary Player is not on there. And uh, he was not <laughs> pleased with my statistics. So he, uh, maybe we should invite him on for some trivia in the future. See how he does in our trivia game. <laughs> he, he, took, he took umbrage that his 165 global victories did not make your list. So well, you he, officially in a Twitter beef with Gary Player, my friend. Wait yeah, he's big. Yeah, sorry, Kyle. I want to do my best South African accent. Thanks a lot, Kyle. There are lies, damn lies, and then there are statistics. Well, good luck. <laughs> the good luck. The good luck is uh, is hilarious. But no, I think the I think the thanks a lot, Kyle, is is like the best part. Yeah. It's like cool, Karen. <laughs> he's big on numbers, though. He he's talked about how he. Um, you know, he's hit like full of 10 million balls on the range or traveled like 5 million miles or whatever. So he, he's, he definitely knows how many, how many tournaments he's won worldwide starting from when he was probably like 12 years old. It's, it's craziness. So we'll, we'll check on you a little bit later, see if you're uh, still upright uh, after all of that. But let's jump into this, gentlemen. Uh, we're getting live golf. As mentioned, we are coming out of this quarantine. Golf is returning. Tiger and Peyton Manning taking on Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson this weekend. Uh, here's something actually from Debo of the Pick 6 pod, because this is a really good starting point. We'll start with you, Will. What is it like having a foe? Uh, you know, there's so many parallels here between Tiger and Phil constantly battling one another, Peyton and Tom Brady constantly battling one another. How important is it for some of these really elite top end guys to have a foe potentially elevating their game? Well, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's it's massive. I would say that, you know, it's like in a sort of an ironic twist that, you know, the pairings here, Phil and Brady, like I think Tiger is the Tom Brady. You know, I mean, I guess everybody thinks that because, you know, championship, like, you know, all the titles um, and, uh, and and Peyton would be uh, the Phil. Plus, they're like big, you know, goofy looking like, white dudes, you know, like like uh, and um, and I think that uh, I think it is important, like part of Phil's legacy and part of Peyton Manning's legacy. You know, you, they're they're you know, they're listed as like one of the greatest golfers of all time. I think there's some debate about whether Phil's top 10 or not. To me, that's I think it's easily there. But I mean, like, I understand the debate and the battles that, that sort of ensue. Uh, but but like when you talk about you can't talk about Phil without talking about Tiger. And, and I think that elevates his stature a bit. Like you can't talk about Peyton without also talking about Tom Brady and all the legendary Colts and Patriots battles. And while it probably cost him some championships, um, you know, he won enough and it like, you, you know, that Phil, whatever Phil did, whatever Peyton Manning did, like they did it arguably while the greatest of ever to do it in their sport was in their prime. So like those, the, you can look at it almost in a way that like those victories are, even even worth even more than an actual you know normal major because you're doing it in the time of tiger that's really interesting and i mean i mean the parallels are so clear here and and kyle we've we've talked about this quite a bit where it's like um you, you know phil kind of just played second fiddle to tiger for so long and had so many second and there's probably so many tournaments he didn't win because of it 
Peyton probably sitting there thinking the same thing, right? All of these AFC championship games I couldn't get through because Mr. Tom Brady was sitting on the other side of the field. Like this is a very easy parallel to make. Yeah, it really is. I want to go back real quick to what, um, to what Will said about you, you think, you think Phil's easily top 10 all time. Uh, I mean, I, I sort of said that off the cuff. So maybe Is Gary I, Player in there. Carl? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, all joking aside, I actually wrote about that today. I wrote about how I, I also think Phil is, is a top 10 player of all time, but he like ninth or 10th, uh, on the list. But I think you make the argument that he's, that he's outside of it. Uh, so, who, so is, I mean, so we're talking like Ty, I mean, obviously Tiger, Jack, Arnie, um, I mean, who else, who else are the slam dunk? Like you can't leave him out. Like when you do quarterbacks, you know, it's like Tom Brady, actually quarterbacks, I guess is tough too. I mean, like who's, who, who, who do you have obviously ahead of Phil? So it's, it's, you said Tiger, Jack, Arnie, Hogan, Sneed, Sarazen, uh, Palmer. That's Arnie. I don't know. If oh, you've... sorry. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just looking at your list that you tweeted out that Gary player had to drop on you. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I wonder who he thinks, I wonder who Rick thinks. Players in there. Um, Bobby Jones is he not in there. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, what did players sneak in there with my nine majors in the career grand slam? Yeah. yeah, no, he's he's easily ahead of Phil. Um, you got Walter Hagen in there. Watson, I think, is ahead of Phil. Hagen's ahead of Phil. So hey, so Phil's like, I don't know, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I think even if you're a if you dislike Phil, I think it's he's pretty easily within like the top, I don't know, sixteen or eighteen or something like that. But yeah, to go back to to your thing, Rick, like it, the parallels are really interesting because i think you play it out and you're like what what kind of career does does peyton manning have if tom brady doesn't exist what kind of career i mean i i and this is what this is literally what i wrote today if tiger doesn't exist we think about phil a lot differently he kind of was always in that shadow a little bit he would have been number one in the world for you know 300 weeks if not for if not for tiger woods and and as it stands he wasn't number one at all so i think that i love parallel universe stuff and and both of those are, are two of the all-time sports greats. You know, I, I love listening to Phil talk about Tiger because it, it's a, it, there was an interview uh, a while back that I heard of Ernie Els and Phil Mickelson talking about Tiger and the effect of his career. And Phil has a very interesting take on it, which is different than you may expect. He doesn't look at it like, um, like Tiger prevented him from winning golf tournaments. He looks at it like Tiger pushed him to elevate his game. And that's kind of, that kind of goes to what, uh, what Debo is saying. The foe elevates your game. Now, Tiger doesn't have a true foe either. He's, he's head and shoulders above a Phil Mickelson. But if you're in Phil's shoes, you're looking at Tiger and you're always trying to catch him. And so it elevates your game. And then, of course, as Phil also talks about, when he won his first tournament in 1991 as an amateur, the winner's check was like a, I want to say it was like $180,000. And he wondered at that time, will we ever play for a million dollar check? And he didn't think it would be in his career. And now it happens every week. And he played a match last year, the first version of this for $9 million. So uh, I think from a financial perspective as well, Phil definitely respects Tiger Woods for all he did. So uh, you hit on something there, uh, Greg, that I want to kind of extrapolate on. Um, Tiger not having a foe uh this this reminds me of the last dance documentary where michael jordan would he would need something he would need something mark to to motivate and he would find anything it would take to do it and then there was quotes about him that was like 
you know, talking about retirement, like I've done everything. I don't have any competition left. There were probably a lot of times that Tiger felt that way when he's winning 25% of his starts and thinking, wow, where's my competition here? So, I mean, th it's really unbelievable. These, the, the class that these guys are in. Well, you bring up a good point there and everyone I've been fortunate to be around these guys, Tiger set the bar for them and, and, and he drove them to the practice facility. He drove them to the gym. Um, just like Gary Player did back in the day with Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholson and company. Just kidding, Kyle. Um, but but, but <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing for me that always fascinated me about Woods is physical traits and the gifts aside. This guy, we can talk about his, how acute he is mentally and how hard he works and what a physical gift he is to the game, really. But his ability to set goals and have the goals define who he is I think is off the charts and I don't think he has an equal because his whole career, he's been driven by the number 18. You know, you can talk about 82 and that sort of thing, but 18 is Tiger's number. And then he said so too, like when he won in 97 at the masters, he had what a 10 stroke lead or something ludicrous, but he just kept on saying to himself and he acknowledged this to the press afterwards. He goes, just keep going. Just, I've got to get this in. I've got to get this in. So his competition was himself. And we've seen as much because he rebuilt his swing, what, three, four, five times in an effort to get better. I just, I caught up with Butch Harmon recently who said when Tiger went through the first iteration of that swing adjustment, that was on Tiger's doing and Butch disagreed with the idea. But he was like, Tiger just wanted to be better and eliminate weakness. And so he was his own competitor. And, and so I think whether he was whipping folks and, and, and beating them by 10 or, or the major count was off the charts compared to them, he wasn't competing with them. He was competing with himself and the goals he had set. Golf, golf's so different too, because you know, like you, I mean, Michael Jordan had to build up a mental approach to play to like, he had to figure out how to beat the Pistons. Like there were, you know, like Mark is saying, and Tiger, you know, it's, you're, you're playing somewhere different each week. You were like, you, at any given moment, your chief opponent in golf might not be on the same hole as you. You know, because somebody storms up from behind, et cetera, et cetera. And so you, you, it's almost a different mental preparation in terms of finding uh, a true, you know, enemy or a true opponent, as it were. But I mean, I think Phil is the obvious foil, if, if maybe that's the word we're looking for. You know, in, in uh, the game of golf, as you mentioned, you, you alluded to this, Tiger's number being 18. It's kind of like the foe that Tiger's chasing is a is a ghost in in Jack Nicholas. He's not playing anymore. Do you think Will in any other sports? Maybe it's uh, Michael Jordan chasing a record, or maybe it's a quarterback in football. Was do you think there are any other examples of a, of an athlete chasing history and and not really having a, a foe live to compete against? Yeah, I mean, even like with Tom Brady, you know, Tom Brady's chasing Joe Montana, so to speak, and he caught him. Yeah, now Montana is like just looking around, like, where did Tom Brady go? Brady's so far gone. It's not even funny. I mean, like the discussion is over. Uh, I think in that sense, um, maybe, but you know, you still have to focus on the opponent. You know, whether it's the Falcons or the Eagle, or, you know, oh. uh, whoever it is, like you still have to focus on the opponent at hand on a week to week basis. I think Bill Belichick's done such a good job of, you know, staying in the moment and focusing week to week that Tom Brady probably didn't worry about that. I mean, maybe you could say LeBron James and, and Michael Jordan, uh, you know, like, I mean, just, and, and that's not, that's foisted on him by, you know, the, the, the Twitter, Twitter Adi and everything yeah. more so than maybe even the legacy. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the best current example, LeBron trying to chase down, 
Michael's six rings feels feels close. Uh, all right, let's let's look at the format of this match. So Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning, they're teaming up. It'll be Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. They're playing 18 holes, Kyle. Now, the uh, the front nine will be best ball with the back nine being modified alternate shot. So uh, explain what that is going to look like. Yeah, so best ball in the front, it's going to be everybody playing their own ball and you take the best score from your team and pit it against the other team. Now, I what I don't know is are, are are they doing handicap at all? Like are they are they handicapping Brady and uh yes, they are. Each player is getting three strokes, one on a par three that'll be designated by the rules officials, one on a par four and one on a par five. So the holes will be stroked by the by the authorities as far as I can cons- uh, I'm understand. And then from there, so so in that situation, each one Brady and Peyton will be playing basically even and they get a stroke on the three, the four and the five. So, so yeah, the, the, the front nine is going to be pretty straightforward. It's, it's what we see in Ryder cups and president's cup. You take the best score from the team. So if tiger goes out and makes a three on a par four and, and Peyton Manning makes a six, you're obviously taking the three and pitting it up against whatever the best score from the, the Phil and Brady uh, team is now I think the interesting part about the front nine is the fifth hole I believe is a one club hole so it's the one club challenge so you have to <laughs> yeah. pick a you got to pick a club at the start I think it's a par four uh Greg can probably it is, elaborate it is. On that. It, it, it's uh one of the shorter depending on what tees you play it's one of the shorter par fours on Four, the 404 from the tips not that I did any research on this course <laughs> <laughs> I would take driver a little dog driver. leg left driver here <laughs> yes yeah so you gotta you gotta kind of make a choice off the top about what you what club you want to you want to take that i was hoping they do the one club challenge on the back because the back nine is where it gets interesting that's that's alternate shot so if tiger tees off then peyton manning has to hit the second shot tiger has to hit the third shot and so on and so forth and i think that's where you could see the scores get super volatile because if brady's like hosel adjacent during the entire back nine then it's going to be incredibly problematic for phil although phil will probably enjoy that like just having to hit it out yeah. of you know all over the all over the yard i think it goes the other way i i want to see tiger's face when manning puts him in jail somewhere and tiger's like are you kidding me like i gotta like now go in the pine straw over here what were you calling earlier greg what do they have around the course that like i'm sure tiger doesn't want to have to hit out of it's a jungle and i'm telling you many of the spots you're not hitting out of it can you bet uh have you seen this will can you bet on whether phil or um well, you're going to me for this. <laughs> well, can, no, no, no. Can you bet on whether Phil or Peyton will make a uh, deflate gate joke? You Ooh, can. that that would be spicy. Can you, Rick? Yeah, you can? Yes, you can. You can. You can uh, bet if the word deflate will appear in the broadcast. This Phil, is well. I guess Brady's on Phil's team, so he. I, I, that that'll be interesting. This is this is so key that that Tom Brady moved teams before this happened because Patriots Tom Brady would not be willing to cut loose. I mean, like, I don't know if you guys listened to that whole Stern interview, Howard Stern interview with Tom Brady. Like he said the the F word 42 times. It's like, what? Like it's it's almost awkward. It's like, stop cussing. You're you're like over swearing at this point. And um, I I would anticipate that Tom Brady will be a little more loosey goosey and and willing to fire back. So yes, I think that sort of escalating uh, smack talk could lead to some deflate stuff. So I have the odds right here. Uh, no, 
that no one says the word deflate is the small favorite minus 175. Yes, the word deflate will be mentioned plus 135. Will, we've kind of been saying we think that Peyton will play kind of de facto host here. Uh, Very, very nice guy. He'll keep the conversation going. There'll be a little quips. But in the same way that Phil doesn't really have a trump card in terms of trash talk over Tiger Woods, Peyton doesn't really have the trump card of trash talk over Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's going to be like straight up like, yo, we killed you in 06, <laughs> dude. Like, I, I, or like, or like, I mean, I got two Super Bowl, you know, like, you know, I guess Phil did bring out like the, like, what did, what did he do during that video? Like, Tiger's like was keeping himself warm with the most recent green jacket. I, yeah. I think that, I think it will probably veer more towards, see, that's why I think deflate makes sense because you can sort of sneak in these little barbs. Um, and, and, uh, without like having to just like go straight up, like, like list our Wikipedia accomplishments or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Uh, to round this out. So, so it is, it is this Sunday, uh, TNT and Bleacher Report three o'clock Eastern time. Mark, your brother Trevor's on the call along with mm-hmm. Amanda Balionis. Are they doing that remotely? What's the deal? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure. I, I, I know tr- I got a message from Trevor yesterday saying he had to have the COVID-19 test. And he said what he's heard is right. The nasal swab does go to your brain and then take a left. <laughs> he, he had to get yeah. the nasal swab? He had to get the nasal swab. So wow. so I, I'm guessing he's on site, although Trevor does live in Orlando. And and last week's remote was from the Golf Channel studio. So unsure right now. I'm sure I'll find out more over the next few days. But um, uh, as for, I think Amanda might be doing interviews from remote, remote as well. I don't know how the whole thing works. Uh, by the way, just to, to correct myself here on the alternate shot thing, uh, it's modified alternate shot. So that both both players tee off. So Tiger and Peyton will both tee off, and then uh, one of them will hit the second shot. Then they alternate the, the rest of the hole. So that makes it less volatile, but not as fun. And then to clean up the uh, better ball thing on the front side, our producer Jacob said, the pros will give the quarterbacks three aside on the front nine on holes three, six, and eight. So both guys get strokes on a par three, a par four, and a par five. And Great point there by Jacob that uh, Phil might be more chaotic up the tee than <laughs> Tom Brady. Honestly, that's probably true. Um, Greg, <laughs> Greg, real quick, the quarterbacks will play from different tees. I think it's a big ask for them to play from the same tees as the pros. And additionally, uh-huh. yeah, Peyton, Peyton's handicap about a shot and a half better than Tom Brady, Greg. Uh, one, do we trust their handicaps? And two, does it matter if they're getting strokes? Uh, I, I don't think, I, I think those handicaps are close enough to be similar. Now, yeah. you don't know too much about how much they've been playing. You don't know the state of their game, but for somebody to be uh, an eight handicap or somebody to be a six handicap, it could be a factor of the golf course you play. It's factored in technically, but if you play a golf course that you don't necessarily like a lot, your scores tend to get a little bit higher. It, it, it's very close bottom line. And I don't see it being a huge advantage uh, for Peyton Manning to, to be two strokes better on his handicap index than Tom Brady. So I, I really, I think it, they're very comparable players and I think it's, uh, I think it's fair. I definitely trust Tom Brady uh, regarding anything related to it. numbers and um, you know, not like just telling, like telling the truth on what, what's going on there. 
Okay, perfect segue. This is a professional podcast. So, Will, there is a <laughs> um, there is an old tweet being re, uh, recirculated right now from our, our buddy Luke Kerdanin, basically showing Tom Brady might be a little bit of a sandbagger with his handicap. You know, he posts a 106 out of nowhere on a pretty easy course. As we know, Will, Tom Brady, his moral compass, it points true north. He would never get involved in any scandal, right? We can trust this. Yeah, I mean, certainly you wouldn't, you know, handicap gate is what, um, or a USGA, US, US, I don't, I don't US know, gate. US, US gate. gate, yeah, US gate, yeah, that's right. Uh, it is weird. Like, I'm, I'm not here. Here's the, here's the thing. So, the, the, the tweeted question is, you know, it's like 84, 89, 82. I mean, all these scores in the 80s. Then he throws up a 95 in March of 2019 and follows it up with a 106. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't think that Tom Brady would be willing to put a 106 in the system. Like, I don't think so. Like, I don't like, you know, he's just like, he's not like, why would he put that on the record to like, to get himself an extra stroke? Like, I, I almost think it has to be true because he knows it's out there. So I mean, do you think, do we think he's sandbagging? The, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that he's sandbagging to get extra strokes because this is embarrassing. You shot a 106. Like, come on, dude. That's bad. Yeah, that's, that, that's TB12 brand to drop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think like, what was he doing in March of 2019? I mean, a 90, where, where was he? Because to go, was he injured? I mean, 95 and 106 is like, like a total aberration for him. Yeah, 106 it, is like you're playing the tips at Oakmont the day after the US. That's actually what I shot playing the tips at Oakmont the day after the US. That sick, humble brag. I, know, I, know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not mean for it to go there, but it just, uh -huh. it just happened. You, I bet Gary Player never wanted Oakmont. Were you um, playing in the wind and the snow too for 106? No. I, was Brady no. playing in the wind and the snow? Must have, I, I don't know. I mean, look, as far as I'm concerned, I watched the guy from afar and I watched the golf swing and research to this and he looks pretty silky. I mean, he's had some quality shots, so it remains to be seen. Maybe there's a weakness on the greens. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about those greens. Let's talk about this course, Greg. Uh, for the listening audience that does not know, uh, you, you, you worked there, what, three years, right? Yep, that's right. Okay, so you are intimately knowledgeable uh, about this course. Um, for us, you know, laymen, uh, describe what these guys are getting themselves into because this is no easy trek. It's a big, it's a big golf course, and it's definitely one of the more difficult golf courses I ever played, especially the first time seeing it. As you get to know it a little bit, there's a little more room out there. But just kind of some general points: the fairways are wide, but the penalty for miss is severe. So if you miss a fairway, like we were referencing, Phil hitting recovery shots, uh, there'll be an opportunities for recovery shots around the greens. But there's some pretty, um, some pretty thick natural vegetation, I guess you could call it, on the sides of these fairways. There's no rough on the golf course. So you're talking fairway to a sand cart path, which you, if, if your ball's on the cart path, you're going to play it. And then there's basically palmetto bushes right off the side of that, water on some holes, things like that. So the fairways, while you should be able to hit them, uh, the wind makes them a little bit narrower. And also, if you miss them, the penalty is severe so that's first and foremost second this is, it's real quick this is tiger's home course greg right and and they yes. have these tiger tees that they've that they've put in 
That's right, which leads perfectly, as you said, professional podcast leads perfectly right into my next point, uh, which is the length. It is definitely a long golf course. From these Tiger Tees, it's close to 7,600 yards at sea level. That plays very long. And the first hole, which by design is a 400-yard hole, pretty straight away, pretty easy start to the round as Pete Dye typically does in his golf courses. But uh, when Bobby Weed came in and did the redesign, they added a tiger tee on the other side of the swamp, close to the clubhouse. And that hole is now 499 yards with a 275-yard force carry. Uh, it, it's all over a swamp, and it is uh, extremely daunting. For Tiger and Phil, probably not a big deal, uh, but it just makes that hole a lot longer. Uh, it's definitely something that they can carry. If it gets into the wind, it could get a little bit dicey, but I don't, I don't see it being a problem. But it's something to watch for, and it's very interesting. So definitely a lot of hazards, um, and, and the greens are firm and fast. And that would be my last point. So when you get out of position on these green uh, wide fairways, you, you need to put your ball into position. When you get out of position, it's going to be hard to get the ball close to the flag because they are firm and fast. Even if it rains, they'll still, they, they drain really well. They'll still be firm. Greg, you referenced the, the South Florida winds, the way the golf course routes, is there like a prevailing wind rally or is it different, uh, uh, holes, different winds? It's a great question. There's generally two different winds that you'll see. You'll see uh, a north wind, which is generally a little bit colder. To me, it's a, a more challenging wind. Uh, you get 18 is downwind if you get there, but uh, that would be the one kind of place where it's an advantage. On 17 and 18, you're coming home downwind. But it, when the wind is out of the north, it's it's usually heavier and it's usually much colder. Uh, a south wind is typically lighter in its um, miles per hour, you'll typically get less wind uh, coming out of the south and it will be warmer. If you get a south wind, it's definitely favorable, although some holes play harder. It, it, it's not a huge difference. It may be about a half a shot difference or so, I would say, if the mile per hour is close to the same. One, um, I'm, I'm very interested, interested to see this, this course bite back a little bit. And then when you get a couple of amateurs out there who are single digit handicappers, how much it can really, how much it can really hurt them. Uh, Kyle, we'll, we'll end with this before we start talking a few picks and props here. Uh, there was a, a little tweet, a little report out there that, that Phil Mickelson has been playing 36 holes a day in preparation for this. Uh, no offense to our 49-year-olds out there. Phil Mickelson is 49 years old. I'm not sure playing 36 holes a day is, is the best bet here. Was he, was he prepping for that, uh, that sectional to get in the U.S. Oh, Open? Because <laughs> he's not in? <laughs> Ouch. Before, before the USGA called it off? Yeah, he's, he, well, he's going to be in now because they're going to yeah. widen that funnel to, yeah. to get in the U.S. Open. But, yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I did hear uh, Rory was talking about on the McKellar golf golf podcast about how like he has started just playing more and not hitting as many balls. So I, I guess if that if you're Phil, if that's your if that's your deal, then I sort of understand. But yeah, 36. I mean, it, how does the what's the the coffee situation like for Phil during during 36 a day? He's got to restock after 18 or what? <laughs> got a big he's got a big thermos um and then to go full circle on this uh the whole playing thing that's what we heard jordan speed say when he came out i mean he, he was like i don't even hit balls on the range i just play golf i i don't want a perfect flat lie every time so it seems like a lot more golfers are kind of adopting a similar mentality 
Should and definitely our, copy what, what Jordan Spieth is doing. Right and there's our Jordan Spieth mention that we are contractually obligated to get. <laughs> that, was, that was on you, not me. Uh, all right, gentlemen, here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to talk through a couple props and we are going to make our picks, but we're going to do it on the other side. Uh, we'll be right back after a quick word from our partners. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives, so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. And we're back. All right. It's time. We are getting on the record uh, for a couple of fun props, and then we will pick who wins the whole enchilada. That's actually in the outline. It says the whole enchilada. Uh, but we're going to start with this. Hole one winner, Greg. Uh, you and I talked a lot about this for TaylorMade Driving Relief. Trying to pick the winner of a hole seems like a pretty big crapshoot uh, on any of them. Phil and Tom Brady getting pretty significant odds here, plus 325. Tiger and Peyton plus 250. And a tie is actually the favorite, Greg. Uh, man, I like the tie. But I got to say, if I go one way or the other here, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Phil. And I'll tell you why. I, I think betting Phil is smart here. Tiger's a notoriously slow starter. And uh, I, I think you could see. It's also, as I said, it's a, it's a little bit of a daunting tee shot. Um, and I'm not sure... It, it's a great tee shot for Tiger. So I'm, I'm definitely interested to see. I think for Phil's little fade, his, his uh, left-handed fade, I think the hole's going to set up perfectly. I like Phil on number one. Will Brinson, uh, what's your risk tolerance on bets like this? You're getting, you're getting some pretty good odds on picking a side. The boring tie is, is the favorite. Uh, do you go boring or do you like one of these sides here? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's a great point by Greg. And I, I haven't seen the tee shot, uh, so I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, like, Daunting tee shot sounds, you know, frankly, daunting. <laughs> they, uh, all are, they all are to us. <laughs> right. I mean, like, uh, looking at the hole uh, and just doing sort of a flyover here, uh, even if it is daunting, I think you got to go with Ty because it's a, it, it looks like it's a very short par four, right? I mean, if, if we're assuming uh, Phil and Tiger will be teeing off from the black tees, right? Is that what the Tiger tees are now? So you, the scorecard you're looking at does not include the Tiger tee. So you're seeing 399 probably for your championship tees. We're probably. showing 386 on the on the three, yes. 386. 
So across, if you're looking at a Google map too, on the other side of the pond behind that tea box oh. is a tea box Ooh. called mm. the tiger tea. So I, I, I'm wondering, I'm not sure where they're going to play. I think, I imagine Tiger and Phil are going to be playing from there. If they're on the other side of the hole, if they're, if they're on the other side, it's a birdie hole. Very easy hole. Yeah. Just from that tee box way back there, which isn't going to be on a scorecard. It's a little a little tricky. Well, see, so that's sort of my theory is that I think that because these guys are all four guys are very good athletes, I would anticipate that you are going to have minimum three birdie putt, like three birdie putts. Like I would be very surprised if we don't get like, I mean, this is, I mean, like this is not an easy hole obviously, but like if you hit a decent drive, you've got a pretty short iron into the green to give yourself a birdie look. So I, I, I think you come away with a push there. And I would also guess that that minus 135 is probably a little bit of value because nobody wants to take it. Like you want to pick it. You know what I mean? You want to pick a side. And so it's, you can probably get a little bit of value there at minus 135. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind laying that at all. So here's the, we're still talking about the whole one winner, right? Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. So he, here's, here's the difference. I was, I was like going back and looking, I like, there's my Oakmont scorecard. <laughs> yeah. What'd you shoot in the first hole at Oakmont? I was just, see, I, I made speaking a of, Speaking of Johnny yeah, T-Shots, the last good. time I was in Augusta. Yeah. <laughs> I was just checking to see if any, uh, any career slam winners had, had come at me on social media. Um, so here's the deal. So Tiger and Phil are both going to miss the first fairway. The difference is that Phil knows he's going to miss the first fairway. <laughs> so he'll, he'll be better prepared, uh, for the recovery. So I, I love the, uh, I love the Phil Brady on, on hole one. Well, you guys remember me last year or whenever it was that Phil, I've, I've lost track of time here during the COVID-19 lockdown, but there at Kapalua, I talked about a three-way playoff and it happened. Yes. Yes. I, you know what? I, I just, I, I love Greg's take and what Will has to say and you're all making a lot of sense here, but judging by last week, the guy, the way the guys came out, it was, wasn't flat, but it was sort of nervy in a funny sort of a way. And people were just sparring, kind of trading punches a little bit. And then it got a bit frisky later in the day. So I feel like the first hole is tied. I'll, I'll take that bet because it's going to take a little while for the guys to really find their groove because it's all new. It's like, I don't know, are there caddies in this thing like, they, like last week? Because everyone's trying to figure out the rules of engagement and such. So I'm going for the tie. I I lo I really like the take of the boring tie has the built-in value. Will it's yeah. like betting it's like yeah. betting the under in a game because everybody wants to bet the over and see a uh, hundred points be scored. Like it, it, I, I I like the tie. I mean, you're taking four guys with no strokes of fairly equal skill set, and you know when you factor in the tee box difference for the for the non pros, and you're basically saying, all right, we just need like two guys to finish with the same score. I think it's pretty likely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's where we start to separate ourselves a little bit. Leader after nine holes, Greg, this is where the favorites start to uh, extend a little bit. Tiger and Peyton minus 115. Phil and Brady plus 188. We saw last week, what, Rory and Wolfie, they were the dogs and they made the turn in the lead. Is that right? Do I remember that correctly? Uh, no, they turned, they turned trailing because Wolf and, uh, and Ricky birdied nine, and, but they were, they were losing in skins. See the thing, it's a completely different, uh, format here because you're talking about, uh, match play versus skins game. So in in a match play format here, I think a favorite has a greater chance of actually winning. There's more of a reason to have these odds. The volatility is a little bit lower. So I like Tiger on his home course, playing his own ball on the front nine. 
I think that's a that that's a slam dunk. Will Brinston, this is where we start to learn who you might be favoring in this yeah. match uh, after nine holes. Who you got? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, this is what I would have told you last week too, and it almost would have paid off. But that you know, when you're talking about again, golfers are fairly equal skill set. You know, we can not we're not saying Phil's better than Tiger, and Phil's been playing like crap for you know several months now. At this yeah. Point. Um, and, but like, you know, Tiger has a bad, you know, Tiger's old, bad back, et cetera. Um, I, I'll take the plus money on this just because I think, it, you know, we, there's a, a component of the unknown with Peyton and, and Brady out there. And, uh, I think this is the sort of thing that Phil will get up for and be ready to play for. And so, uh, I will take the, I will take any plus money here. That Mark, I, I tend to agree with that. I also think in match play. Phil's style lends really well to match play. Uh, you roll a couple putts in if he's if he's chipping at it with no risk of if he blows it ten feet by who cares? I brought this up last week. Greg told me I was an idiot, so I'm going to try again here with you, Mark. I think <laughs> that style. Uh, I think that that style's better for match play. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, when you're playing four balls effectively, you know if everything's going right and no one really doesn't show up with their game, you're having two opportunities on most holes. So it becomes a bit of a putting and short game contest. So with that being said, even though the medalist is Tiger's home place and that short game is off the charts, I think I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm inclined to want to go with Phil right now. Uh, Phil and Brady, I'm, I, I, I'm intrigued, and this is not the Falcons fan in me. I'm intrigued to see how Brady comes out for this thing. Because the one thing about this guy, he has a sense for get up for the moment. He's got that sense of timing. And I think there's a lot to be proved here. And, you know, whereas Tiger is on the other side of Phil's equation, Brady, I think, would like to drop the hammer on Peyton one more time. And what better to do it to Peyton and Tiger? So I feel like both Phil, who you say is up for it, I agree. I, I, I'm going to go with uh, with the dogs on the on the front side. All right, Kyle Porter, let us know. Yeah. I, I'm in agreement. I, I like I like Phil and Brady on on the front. I, I, we like I I don't totally know what I'm getting out of Tiger, right? Like last time we saw him at Riviera, he shot 79 or 78, something like that, and he hasn't played since then. Like I just I don't I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know what I'm getting. So I'll go I'll go Phil Brady on the front. His simulator room is cool though. It's it's phenomenal. That putting green. He's everything is everything is cool. Come on. That's man. true. That's true. I, it goes without saying. All right. Yeah. I'm going to blow through this one really quickly. Uh, does anyone out there think there's going to be a hole in one? If so, you get plus 6,666 to one. Um, I will tell you that's basically the same odds you can get in like a full field to, for someone to make a hole in one. There are four guys. Two of them are not professionals trying to make a hole in one. This is not going to happen. And I'm sure it will now that I've said that. <laughs> I'd rather bet. I'd, I'd rather bet on the Falcons winning the Super Bowl. There <laughs> <laughs> Might get similar odds. What are, what are their odds to win the Super Bowl right now? Yeah, we go. Yeah, we go. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's actually like that's actually like a good point. I mean, you know, you look. The Falcons are uh, sixty to one to win the there Super Bowl. Go. So I mean, like, but I mean, you, you think about it. It's not like you're getting you know a hundred, two hundred and eighty shot attempts at a at a hole in one. Like, how, I mean. I don't have the, let's see. I mean, how many par threes are we talking here? Four. Four par threes. Yeah. So you're getting 16 shots. Those are horrible odds. It should be, <laughs> it should be like 660 to one, but, yeah, but, but like they know it's enticing because it's like, Ooh, 66. Like I'll put 10 bucks on that and maybe it'll pay off. Yeah. This is where, this is where the, the public doesn't, 
like they they overvalue or they they overrate how easy it is they're like oh yeah tiger's probably got like 200 holes in one or 500 you know whatever like makes one every day yeah yeah and it's like and it's it's it just doesn't happen by the way so uh just to tie this to my last appearance on this podcast this is not a humble brag of mine but um so I was, I remember I talked about my grandfather playing. Yes, uh, tell the story. Well. Yes. I was wrong. It was not an albatross. I think I was wrong. It was, uh, but I have the scorecard here. He had an eagle on number uh, eight at Augusta back on March 29th, 1976. Yeah, look at this scorecard. Wow. Cool. Will's yeah. grandfather played Augusta. We thought he had an albatross I thought it was an albatross. Yeah. Okay. So, but now check this out. So like you talk about hole in ones. Um, so this is a box that I got after he died from like from his office and he had meticulous notes for scorecard keeping and all of that. This, this thick pile of stuff is labeled hole in ones. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. There's like 15 scorecards there. Yeah. He had, he had nine, I think nine uh, hole in ones uh, in his career playing golf. One in every single decade from the, uh, the fifties to the two thousands. Or, yeah, I think that's right. It's something, it's something crazy like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. He's really good. I didn't pass anything. Didn't pass anything down to me, but he's a good golfer. <laughs> you know, right, you so, know who? You know who else? I bet has made a hole in one in every decade from the fifties to the two thousands. Gary, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that is awesome. Uh, okay, so here's here's one. What hole will the match be closed out on? Uh, again. This is different format than what we saw last week. This is match play. This could conceivably end early. So uh, the the best odds, Greg, I suppose, are holes 15 to 17 plus 115, 14th or earlier. That feels super early to me. That would be a route plus 275. Or if it goes to extras or finishes on the last hole, it's plus 175. I, the last time we played this match, obviously one sample size doesn't mean anything. What'd they play, Greg? Like 22 holes because they played that par three like four times? Yeah, yeah. I think you're I think you're right. I, I have a I have a feeling it's gonna be close, but I kind of I, I kind of like the 14 to 17. I think that's a, a nice range. Um, it's gotta be really tight for it to come down to 18. 17 is a par five. Um, man, it's uh I think I think 14 to 17 is kind of the the money spot. I uh a few years ago, someone showed me some data. It was one of these sort of 15th, like, like, like a Will Gray sort of stat, you know, where they've studied all the match play through the years for the Ryder Cup and this stuff. And, and then they pitched this to the sponsors and, and at a Ryder Cup for argument's sakes, where do you want your chalet to be? And with all of the research they've done, the 16th hole is kind of the sweet spot. And so I'm, I'm going to go with the research over here. I'm, I'm going to be Carl Porter and go with the strokes gain data and go with 16. So I'm in that 15 to 17 range. Thanks you a lot, Kyle. <laughs> Good luck. <Yeah>. Good luck, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> what do you, where, where are you at here, Kyle? I mean, I, honestly, you're not getting enough value for 14 and early. That is a, that's a route. That would be an absolute yeah. route if that happens. And it's, it's not worth plus 275. Wait, that's so like what, what is the, so if it's, the, so I mean, it's just a it's just a match play, but yeah, but the yeah. best ball. So like it's not it's not like it, it's not like you get a point if you win the the best ball. Like if you win the first nine holes in best ball, you're up nine you're up nine nothing, right? Right, but you also don't have to like like they don't carry over, right? So right. if you tie the first six and you win the seventh, you're only one up. You're not seven. Right, up. Right, right, so right. it would be a pretty big route to to close this out on the fourteenth or earlier. I I also I'll, think. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. 
Well, I think last time we saw Phil in a, a team match play event at the 18 Ryder Cup in Paris, I think he did get closed out on the 14th or earlier. <laughs> but the goat is there to save Tiger him. Brady's too. there to save him. All, yeah, Judge, Tiger, Tiger I, tend, too. I tend to think the alternate shot format actually lends itself to a lot of ties too. Because yeah. both players tee off and then they swap, right? And hit. Yeah, so everybody tees off. And yeah. then they just de they decide which one they want to play, and then it they alternate from. There. I, I no, I think in the. I, I mean, I could be wrong. I thought in the modified alternate, you played a second shot each, and then you decide from there. Or do they just do it from the tee shot? Kyle, do you know? I I don't, but, but uh, Jacob says Jacob just, just, just from the tee, just from the tee shot, okay. which makes sense. It, it would be it would basically just be a scramble if they did it on the second shot too. Right. It, it's going to lend to the decision-making to me. It's going to be important. If you have two players who hit it in the fairway and let's say Tiger hits it 25 yards past Peyton Manning, he's included in everything. Are you going to take Peyton's ball? Or are you going to take Tiger's? If you take Tiger's now, Peyton's got to hit it. You take, right. But then who's going to hit the putt? So I, there's going to be a lot of strategy. Uh, it's an interesting point. I'm not sure about the ties. I think there's going to be more volatility yeah. in the alternate shot. I do too there always is more vo volatility in alternate shot. And, and I think this green Sims format, and that's the golfy nerd term for both guys hit, and then you pick from there and then play alternate from there. Certainly the approach shot is important, but I want to say it's who's hitting the putts. Because when it comes right down to it, and we saw this last week again in, in the skins game, Rory could have won a number of holes, but just couldn't convert. And then all of a sudden, when it became a ball striking thing in the playoff, then he came through. So, yes, putting your opponent on the green is important. But the last thing you want to do if you're Peyton Manning, for argument's sake, is have someone hit you on the green 15 feet, you drill it by there six feet because it's difficult and you put the pressure back on your professional. So I think the putting coming down that alternate shot deal will be important. If you had your ideal order, who, do you, who, who would it be? Would it be the professional hitting the tee shot, the and then also having a chance at maybe hitting the birdie putt or hitting the, the pitch shot? What would be your ideal situation? Well, it depends because both guys hit the tee shot. So if the, the amateur, let's call it Peyton, is off the front tee there and that front tee is 40, 50 yards in front of where the other guys are playing from, you know, he can ramble one out there to a place where go, okay, Tiger, you sting me in a wedge there and I can make a five-footer kind of thing. So I think it's very situational, that question. Well, it's time, gentlemen. Uh, we've got to go on the record. We've got to pick something here. I will tell you, the underdogs have been steamed over the last seven to 10 days. These odds have gotten uh, much shorter. Uh, Phil and Tom Brady are plus 170. They were like plus 225 a week ago. Woods and Peyton Manning, minus 190. They were like minus 225 a week ago. Um, I will start here. I'm, I'm going with, with the favorites. I'm going with Tiger and, and Peyton Manning. Will, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I have based a lot of this on the fact that Tom Brady is a active NFL quarterback who is starting a season with a new team in a new state, and he probably has a lot of better things to do than play golf while Peyton Manning gets to play as much as he wants. I mean, I think it matters a lot. Like if you think about how you play over as just like an, you know, a recreational golfer, like, uh, you know, I mean, like I, I don't play a lot during football season because I have to work. And so right. I'll typically tend to like, I sort of have a, a rhythm about when I play throughout the course of the year. And if I'm Tom Brady, I'm not playing right now. I'm in OTAs right now. I'm not used to it. You know, he's got like, also I'm a much better golfer when I don't, I have nothing going on in my head. I mean, I think everybody is right. 
Tom's got, I mean, like he's got an easy life. Don't get me wrong. Tons of money, a very attractive wife, healthy kids, a fantastic new job, all of that. He's still, he's still thinking about like, Oh, like, I wonder if like Mike Evans and I can get on the same page. <laughs> and like, I wonder if, you know, how do I crush Bill Belichick's soul? Yada, yada, yada. Right. So like, he's got a lot going on. Peyton's just hanging out playing golf. Uh, I think that is a, that is a pretty big advantage. I, I tend minus 185 is a bit much. Like that's a bit steep to lay the juice, I think. So I would, I would go with the underdog. But the more I think about, like, I think Peyton is just going to be a much better golfer than Tom Brady. That's my concern. Fingers crossed. Mark Immelman, who's your pick? Oh, this is not the Falcons fan in me talking over you because (laughs) I did admit that um, when we talked about this, when the match was announced and I was like, okay, I'm in the Tiger Peyton group for obvious reasons. But the more I've looked into this and the more I've watched them both play, I'm like, wow, Brady really caught my attention with the swing videos I saw. But then I look at Peyton and the guy is big, he's barely, and he's got a golf swing that's very repeatable. There's not a lot of frills about it. It's simple. And it doesn't look to me, and I've watched him play some, the ball never gets out of play very much. So for alternate shot, he's the guy you want. You, you don't want someone on your team who's blowing the thing all over kingdom come um, if you're playing alternate shot with him. So I, I'm going to go with the favorites on this, but I'm going to say to go with the first bit of my bet, Brady, uh, Phil will be one up after nine. And I think Tiger and them turn the tide on the backside and squeak out the win on 16. Mark has been very good at these, uh, very exact predictions over the past couple of months. Greg, uh, I, I just missed out on the underdogs last week. Am I right to take the favorites this week? I think you are. Uh, and I wouldn't make it, it has nothing to do with last week. Again, completely different format. Um, not just because of the players, but because of the the actual format that they're playing. I think Tiger with the home course advantage and also a part we have not discussed at all. Phil Mickelson won the first match and Tiger Woods is not going to want to lose to Phil twice. We talk about the trash talking elements and does Phil have a leg to stand on? Well, right now he's got one leg and it's, hey, I won the match for $9 million and I'm 1-0 against you in one-on-one matches like that. Uh, Tiger's not going to let that happen again, especially at his home course. And, you know, I, I do, I, I, the, with Tom Brady, that 106, that 95, it, this is the kind of golf course, if the conditions are just right, where that kind of number comes out. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying, uh, I, think, I think Peyton is probably a little more steady. Course will suit him a little better. And having Tiger as the partner. Hey, uh, uh, what, so on that handicap thing, it says like the difficulty level for that course is a 33.4. What sort of... What are we, what are we, what's the comp there? Like, so uh, to put this into perspective and Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, but like in 2015 golf digest had this as the second most difficult course in America or something like that. Yeah. It's there's another figure there. I'm not sure what figure exactly you're looking at there. Will, but it there, there's a, another figure called slope Yeah, and this golf course is the max slope. Um, and, and Rick, you, you I think say this golf course, you mean medalist medalist. Yeah. Okay. Hardest. It's the hardest possible slope. I think the only course that they've ranked harder in the country is the, they may have said the ocean course at, at Kiowa. And it may have been in that ranking. Now, look, there's so many factors. Weather's a big factor. If you don't get wind, it's not nearly as hard as a, uh, in Oakmont. You can just ask Kyle about that. Uh, I would get them on Twitter, but um, I, I just, I think the, the weather's going to have a big factor. And if the wind's up, it's going to be uh, brutally challenging, especially for Peyton and, and Brady. Kyle, you've been our uh, very friendly punching bag for the episode. Take us home with your, with your pick. We appreciate you, bud. 
<laughs> I always take the underdog in 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 matches like this. There's just so many different. It's like, you know, even last week you're like, okay, well, if, and the point I made was if they play ten thousand holes for sure, Rory and DJ are gonna smoke Ricky and and Matthew Wolf. But they're playing eighteen. It's modified. It's weird. You know, if 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 we're playing two holes, theoretically, me and Rick can go beat Tiger and and Peyton Manning. So you just you. Well, maybe maybe one hole. Maybe I appreciated two. that. All that was very generous. Thank that's you. like but, that's like saying you're, you're like like I'm gonna get some like I'll get a game off Serena Williams. Like it's not, <laughs> not happening. Like, no, but for one hole, like, you, no. For it's one, like no. saying sure. It's like saying Kyle could win a push-up contest with Gary Player. I There's you're not getting a hole off of Tiger and Peyton. For for sure we could. No. Yeah, Any like, hole, because you're, anywhere because in you're the not, world, no. But the difference is you're not playing, uh, you're not playing against that person. You're playing against the course. So I if understand, I, go, I understand, but I mean, if I go birdie the if I go birdie the first, and Tiger makes par, that's not inconceivable. Boy, you could you could hole out for eagle. I mean, it, you're right in All a right, sense. Fair, it's, fair. it's a little different than than playing against Serena at a game, I, um, just because there's that luck element, which I have stories of getting. Uh, dramatically upset on hole outs from the fairway or the rough if i play serena i'm not even not only am i not taking a, a game or a, i'm not even going to like see the ball i'm not even going to know that we played yeah. <laughs> that's true i i like i like the idea that you think you're going to like stroll up to the tee box with tiger woods standing there and just <laughs> stripe one down the middle and then like throw a dart in from like a buck 40 like that's no you're gonna dead shake it to the right like, and I'm pee not, your pants out of nervousness like come i'm on. not i'm not saying that it would happen i'm saying that it theoretically could whereas so you're if I'm saying playing, there's a chance if i'm playing <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed just <laughs> just pounding me today. Like your uh, voice, if, you're you're gonna walk into the team and your voice is gonna crack. Like, oh, Tiger, I'm gonna Tiger. If I'm playing a hundred holes against Tiger, I have a zero percent chance of beating him. But if I'm playing one hole, I at least have a, a, a sliver of a chance. Fair. If you like what you hear. Don't be afraid to give us a download. It's the First Cut Golf Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you could possibly listen to them. I want to thank the team. I want to thank Mark Immelman. He's at Mark underscore Immelman, both Twitter and Instagram. It's Greg Ducharme at The Real GFT. It's Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And it's my crossover bud, Will Brinson at Will Brinson. Will, thanks for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, fun to go five wide with you guys here on this golf talk. It gets me excited. I'm playing... Um... I'm getting out there on uh, on Sunday to uh, to squeeze in some holes before this matchup, and uh, would urge everybody to check out this podcast for great golf information. There you go. Appreciate the endorsement. Best of luck out there. This has been the first cut, and we'll talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 